main reason of the displacement is the conflict. So in the Kasai, you have a conflict between the population and some representation of entities from the local authorities. And in the Tanganyika, it's mainly between two communities, the Twa, uh, let's say the Pygmies, and the Bantu. And the reason why it goes to that level of food insecurity, the first reason is because they are farmers, and when they are displaced, they cannot grow and they cannot harvest. And secondly, because they are extremely poor. The level of poverty in the country, it's more or less 63% at national level. But when you go to Kasai only, it's around 75%. So when these people have to displace, they have no savings, they have nothing to cope. Can you give us an idea of how these people are coping with this acute hunger? How are they trying to survive? The only thing they can do if they don't receive any assistance is begging to the communities they are meeting or to sell their manpower, so like agriculture, labor. And of course, they don't get money for that, but they will get some food assistance from the local community. But what we are doing as a humanitarian organization and as a FAO, for example, in Chikapa, where we have more than 50,000 displaced, we organize with local NGOs for them to find the land around the river Kasai, and then we send two trucks from Kinshasa full of seeds, hoes, hand tools, etc., to make sure that they can cultivate. I think now we are almost like 20 to 30 hectares of uh, vegetable production, and it's mainly for the women. Would you give me a little more information about the city of Chikapa that you talk about? Chikapa is the capital city of Kasai province. It's like 100 kilometers from the, the Angola province. When I was in Chikapa last month, we met with the displaced person, the ladies, and the story, is, unfortunately, is almost always the same. So they were in the field, and when they went back to their village, they have been informed that their husband has been killed, two or three children have been missing, and then they fled with only one or two kids. And they walked from almost the border from Angola to Chikapa, which is more or less like 80 to 100 kilometers, and they've been walking like this for like three to four, five days, trying just to escape. And we have seen even children with the... Wound by machetes and uh, gunshots. They've been in Chikapa for like two months. And finally, they can produce part of their own food, but also they can start to sell what they are producing. So that's uh, the material part. How badly have they been affected psychologically? Do you know? The important part that we notice is the social part. Just after the, the conflict, they were not talking. They were like traumatized. Now that they are back working in agriculture, these fields, it's like a, a social platform, and, and they are talking to each other, they are working together. The last time I went there, they were dancing and singing. Can you imagine to dance and sing after what happened to your family when the, the husband has been killed, the, the children has disappeared? And that's just the fact that they are together and working together. It allows them to forget a bit the trauma that they have lived. How difficult is it for the FAO and the WFP to actually reach those in need? Or do the people in need have to travel to where you are? There are two main challenges. The first one, the access for security reasons. And in some areas for physical reasons, because the roads are so bad. Another important reason is we are lacking some funds to act. So we cannot go too many times to see the people. So now with WFP, we have been doing a lot of advocacy to the donors, and we, we are now just like expecting to receive some financial support from them. So now it's only like two or three donors that had the capacity to react very quickly. 
But the funds that are required, I think it was like $60 million, and we received between 10 to 15 up to now.